morning welcome to the agent on the go podcast i'm jason allen i'm a four-year agent with farmers insurance in colleyville texas and we have a wonderful guest today um someone who i've met through the grapevine chamber um someone who has a tremendous story and i wanted to share it with all of you guys as my listeners so we're going to give her the introduction that she deserves and that she's worked so hard for um sorry for all the noise we're, we're trying to do this impromptu but we'll make it work um, she doesn't really have a hometown, but mostly she grew up in Arlington, Texas. She currently resides in the wonderful city of Grapevine, Texas. She has the ruggedly handsome boyfriend, John, of nine years, and she is the owner-operator of the Body Boutique Spa on Wall Street in Grapevine. My guest today is Miss Kristen Jarvis. Kristen, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to do this. Um, you have a, a really good story. Um, I haven't known you that long. It's been a couple of months, but we're ambassadors together with the Grapevine Chamber. I've seen you around at multiple luncheons and multiple networking opportunities. Um, and I was just kind of drawn to your story. So I want people to kind of know about you. Um, number one, what is your tagline for your business? So I'm the hoo-ha lady with the hot pink hair. There we go. And if everyone has met Kristen, <laughs> we, we, we've seen the hot pink hair. It's very noticeable. Yes. Um, but as you mentioned um, in multiple conversations, you are kind of a Navy brat. Your dad was in the Navy for a long time. So, so. yes, he uh, actually retired from the Navy. Uh, my mom and dad were both Navy, actually, okay. and my brother and I both went Air Force. Oh, so how did that go over in the family? Uh, pretty, pretty well. I mean, you know, of course, my dad would have probably liked for me to have been in the Navy, but... Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, he understands that it was the very cerebral branch, okay. and uh, you know we like to razz on each other in different branches. It's you know it, we we can do it; other people can't. Okay. Otherwise, no. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> so you said your dad was in the navy. You grew up mostly in Arlington. What was your childhood like? What was it like growing up with both parents being in the military, and then you, I guess, kind of bouncing around from different locations? So my mom got out shortly after we were born. Mm -hmm. So she was basically a stay-at-home mom. Okay. She did work a little bit part-time mm -hmm. and then um, did college and stuff like that. So she was around a lot. Um, we moved uh, Maryland and New Orleans and Texas. Okay. And my mom is from Texas, so when he was getting ready to retire, he picked Texas as his base so that he could retire there and didn't have to get moved to another location uh, or to have to move to get back to Texas. Okay. So there was some planning on that. And, gotcha. You know, I, I, I was born actually in California, but I claim Texas because I got here <laughs> okay. in like fourth grade. There you go. So, so that counts then. Yeah. You've, you've been here long enough. Yeah. <laughs> so was the plan for you always to go military or did you have other ideas growing no, up? No, I... It was never really brought up to be military. Um, I, I was in marching band, so having a military dad was definitely helpful because, <laughs> you know, marching band requires a lot of uh, discipline and people yelling, no, go over here. So it was definitely helpful. And then, of course, um, they actually, they called to try to get a hold of my brother and my brother was talking to him. Okay. And I was, I was going to school, Tarrant County College, uh, you know, just taking my basics and everything mm -hmm. after high school. And, and, um, she was like, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay for college? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and 
And my dad told me if I kept failing that I was going to, he wasn't going to keep paying for it. I mean, makes sense. Right? <laughs> well, I the first semester, I was kind of goofing off and I failed. And then the second semester, I was really trying. But this one class history, I failed it. Okay. And I was like, oh, he's not going to pay for this. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do the military. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I just went down there and I was like, this is easy enough. I mean, I grew up in a military background. Yep. I get college. I get training. And... So why choose the Air Force over the Navy then, if both your parents were in the Navy? Because uh... this would not have gone over well in my family. So my <laughs> grandfather and my dad were both in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And when I was a senior in high school, I had the wonderful idea I'm going to apply to West Point, oh. um, which I did. I got in. And then I got the schedule. I was like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to do this. I don't want to commit another four years after college to, to the military. So yeah. that did not go over well with my family. <laughs> so how did, how did you come to the Air Force and not the Navy? It had the shortest boot camp. <laughs> okay. And I didn't have to cut my hair. Okay. Because the, then I had my hair was down to my waist. Okay. And I didn't want to cut it. Okay. And so, yeah, I had the shortest boot camp. Okay. <laughs> I mean, logical reasons. <laughs> you know, I mean, who wouldn't I want mean, to do that? That's right. fine. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so what did you do in the Air Force? What was your job? You'll never guess. I, I'm not. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever believes me because I am so technologically like inept and I, it, it changes so much. I was actually in IT. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you worked on the Air Force computers. Yes. So I wanted computer-aided drafting because okay. I was in engineering classes, civil okay. engineering classes in high school and college. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I was looking for. And the person doing the, like, handing out the jobs, because I pre-selected a job. That's mm-hmm. the only way to do it. Otherwise, you never know what you're going to get. Okay. It may not be <laughs> anything close to what you like. <laughs> so pre-select, if you're going to go in, pre-select a job. Um, so I, he heard computer and didn't hear the aided drafting part. And he just was like, well, here, this is computers. You're like, this is not anything that I wanted. It's fine. Yeah, well, it, and it didn't dawn on me because they have it worded so strangely in military terms that what the description was, was IT. And it didn't quite click until I went to tech school. Okay. And I was in the classroom and I was like, because I had a boyfriend back then that did IT. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, I think this is IT. <laughs> I was like, oh, what do we do? Okay. <laughs> so I asked my instructor, I was like, so how do I, how do I get a different job? And he's like, well, you can purposely flunk out. You can. And you're like, I've been down that road. That's yeah, not fun. You can intellectually flunk out. And I was like, well, that might be an option. <laughs> <laughs> or you can apply in three years to change your job, but there's no guarantee. Okay. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to purposely flunk. Mm-hmm. That just is not in my nature. Yep. So I was like, well, if I fail, I fail. I barely studied. I didn't do any homework <laughs> and I somehow still passed. Okay. I, I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll give this a try. Yeah. So I, I'm thankful though because I did get assigned a uh, station in Germany. Okay. So I got to see most of Europe on Uncle Sam's dime. So Excellent. That was amazing. That's always a good thing to do. At one point, I had been to more countries than states. Oh my God. Yeah. So how many countries total have you been to? Oh, do you think? Just a rough estimate. Like uh, 14? Okay. Well, which one is your favorite? Oh, if you asked me this before the military, I would have said Paris. Okay. Because I wanted to go to Paris so bad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the Eiffel Tower. 
I took French in high school, took French in college. I was like, I am going to go to Paris. Okay. Well, I finally did go to Paris and I saw the Eiffel Tower and it was a lot of fun, but I, I lived in Germany. So I would probably have to say Germany. Okay. I was, I was immersed in that environment mm-hmm. for almost two years. So okay. there's a lot of, you know, when I see like Oktoberfest mm-hmm. and things like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, and some memories, you know, because yes. you just lived it. Absolutely. And so Probably Germany. Okay, perfect. So how long were you in the Air Force for? So um, it's kind of a funny story. Um, They they did some job cuts. Um, They switched programmers to analysts. Okay. And the programmers cost more money. Mm -hmm. And so they had to switch all of them to the analysts. Well, then they went to the analysts and said, you can change jobs or get out early. And I was like, yes, I can change jobs. (laughs) Before the three-year mark, I was so excited. Well, I had a friend in the placement office, and you're not supposed to know where you end up Mm -hmm. if you change a job or, you know, something like that. You're not really supposed to notice. Okay. So uh, I asked her, I went through about seven different jobs, and I was like, hey, what about this one? She was like, Minot, North Dakota. Um. I, I grew up in the South in Texas. I would die, die. up there in that. I was yeah. like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I can't. I will not survive. Um, so, yeah, I went through about seven different jobs, and none of them were okay. good jobs. And I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know. And I said, well, what keeps me in country? And she goes, you can drive a bus or dig a ditch. Okay. Two options. Right? Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, as much as I love staying here in Germany, I, I I came in for college money. I'm eligible for my college money. Mm-hmm. I don't want these other jobs. Okay. So I said, well, okay, I just, I guess I'll get out and go to college like I had originally planned. Okay. Because I kind of was like, oh, okay, I'll go in, I'll retire. And then after, uh, you know, all of that, I was just like, no, nah, I don't need to. Okay. All thank right. you. I'm, I'm, thank you for your service. Right? I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now, so how did you end up here? With your own boutique. So you're military, you've been to college. How did this job, how did this career start for you? So I always loved makeup and all of that. Even when I was a little kid, I never wanted to like do my mom's hair or do my hair. Mm -hmm. It was always makeup. I always wanted to play in makeup. Okay. And then I started modeling and um, got trained in proper makeup Mm -hmm. because you sometimes had to show up in a full face of makeup. And, um, you know, I, I did a bunch of different jobs and after September 11th, I got laid off and I was still kind of like, oh, okay, I'll do this. You know, it took me about 12, 13, no, it took me about 14 months to find work okay. after September 11th. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got into a, uh, a college. It was a for-profit college and, uh, basically doing administrative work and I just, um, eventually my hairdresser, she was like, you know, you don't have to go for hair. You can just go for aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to do hair. Yep. Cause they really only train in hair. They, your license in hair, skin and nails, but you really only study the hair. Okay. And I was like, I didn't want to do that. So one day we were, my hairdresser and I were talking about it and she said, you know, you can just go for aesthetics. And I was like, I can. She's like, yes. And I was like, oh, Okay. And then my, my ex-husband, we were dating at the time, um, he knew I was miserable at my job. Mm-hmm. I was working 50, 60 hours a week and just miserable. Mm-hmm. All the overtime, the stress, everything. He said, why don't you 
quit your job, move in with me, and then you don't have to worry about paying your bills, and then go to school like you want to. Okay. I was like, okay. I makes think, sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't have to worry about paying rent. I mean, my car was pretty much paid off at that point. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of savings, and I had my, my Gumroad GI Bill money, so I was like, okay. So that's how it ended up, and I just... Um, I fell in love with it. It, okay. I, it was something I probably should have been doing all along Okay. because I have such a passion for it and I love it so much that it's, you know, you just, sometimes you just finally realize what you're meant to be doing and okay. then you, are, you just love it. Gotcha. So now how long has the Body Boutique been open? Since 2008. Okay. And it so, hasn't always been in Grapevine. No, I moved to Grapevine uh, last year okay. in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, August of 22. So I've just been just in this space for about a year. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, I just celebrated 15 years in business. Okay. So I had a little party for it all. And it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. a lot of work, but a lot of fun. But when it's something you love to do, it's not that much work. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's lots of different spas in our area. Lord knows South Lake has a million of them. What do you guys do in particular? What is your specialty? So my specialty, I, I kind of say that I have two. Okay. I do a lot of pigmentation and anti-aging. We don't like to say anti-aging anymore because we're all going to age. Mm-hmm. We can't help it. We can age better gracefully. than others and gracefully. <laughs> and and some, you know, a little help to be graceful and look like we're graceful. So Aging and pigmentation are really my specialty. I am always being told that I look way younger than I am okay. uh, because I don't want to look my age. And so I help other people. They're like, I want to get like yours. And I was like, well, nothing on my shelf at home says the ordinary on there. So mm-hmm. this is what I use. Okay. And they're like, okay. And then, uh, it's a commitment, mm-hmm. but you know, do you want to make that commitment or do you want to look old? Okay. And most women don't want to look old because mm-hmm. unfortunately men get promoted when they get gray hair and women tend I'm, to get we're fired. We're a silver fox. Right? <laughs> well, women tend to get fired or mm-hmm. they don't get those promotions because they're like, oh, she's aging, so she'll retire soon mm-hmm. or, you know. So it's it's not fair that that's the way it is, but very often it is and it is changing it's getting better, but there's still a lot in play of, of the ageism that happens with women. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of women that are like, I cannot look my age. I will never get a raise. Okay. I won't get promoted. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to look tired because mm-hmm. for some reason they're like, oh, you look tired today. And it's like, thank you. This is my face. This is, this is what I look like every day. Right. So yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I'm very passionate about. And then the other one is sugar and hair removal. Not a lot of people yep. do sugaring. Mm-hmm. They do traditional waxing. Mm-hmm. Sugar. I is- still don't understand how, <clears throat> how people do the waxing thing. I had a bandaid on a cut the other day <laughs> and it got some hair and I started to pull up. I'm like, and people put wax on their legs and pull all the hair up. I don't get it. I don't understand how people go through it. So, well, <clears throat> excuse me. It's, um, waxing will take off a layer of skin. Mm -hmm. So not only are you feeling the pain of the hair coming out, but Mm -hmm. you're feeling the pain of the skin coming off. Okay. Sugar doesn't do that. It doesn't attach to a live skin cell because sugar and water melt. Okay. And a live skin cell has water in it. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to attach to a live skin cell. Therefore, you're only having the pain of the hair coming out. Okay. Which is, you know, 
the hair is going to come out. It's not going to tickle, mm-hmm. but it doesn't last. That pain doesn't last. As okay. soon as you move on to another spot, that pain from that other hair follicle is like, oh, I'm good. I, you know. So no one's going to have a 40-year-old virgin moment in here when they do the sugar <clears throat> hair removal. I can't say that <laughs> because... Has anyone ever yelled and cussed at you after Yes. This? Okay. Yes. Um, it, you know, like I said, it's hair coming out. It's not going to tickle. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you specialize in Brazilians, that's why I'm the hoo-ha lady. <laughs> <laughs> when you specialize in those, there, I mean, it's a tender area. Yes. It's going to hurt. Okay. But the pain doesn't last. Gotcha. So if you're doing a traditional wax... It's going to hurt and the pain's going to last. Okay. So, right. So yeah. tip for everybody, it's going to hurt no matter what you do. So just be prepared. Well, and you know, there's different, everyone's pain threshold is different. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, different in a woman's cycle can feel different in the various times mm-hmm. of the month. If you're ovulating, if you've got low hormones, high hormones, it can all feel different. So okay. you can be a little more sensitive at other times than others. Gotcha. Um, I know sometimes people are like, oh, man, I feel like I'm going to see stars. And then the next time they're on the phone with their mom having a conversation about Brussels sprouts. So <laughs> it really doesn't, it, you can't say it's going to hurt that way every single time. Okay. Gotcha. Now, um, you know, coming into the office today, you, you gave me a great tour and you said you start off with 200 square feet and now yes. you've expanded. I'm assuming you got what 1200 square feet probably 1200 or so square feet see that's yeah. what happens when you have to rate I know. when you have to rate offices several <laughs> times a week for your customers you're like i know exactly how many square feet this so is. <laughs> so how was that moving up from such a small little footprint to now having a fairly large footprint it was very scary mm-hmm. so i had been in the process for trying to expand into a bigger space for about five years okay. and in the commercial real estate field they're just there's little executive offices, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I was in. And then there's big offices. And I couldn't find anything in between. I wanted like 600 to 800 square feet. Okay. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And when it does exist, those people don't move no. because it's hard to find. Yes. So they don't leave. Mm-hmm. They got to like die. And I'm like, okay, well, who's <laughs> old that's about to kill over so I can take the spot? Yes. Uh, so it just didn't exist. Okay. And I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. And then the, um, I, I was in my hairdresser chair and I was like, I'm gonna look one more time. And then this, this space popped up okay. and I was like, well, that's a little, you know, that price tag is a little, hmm, maybe kind of, kind of get a little sweaty. It, it definitely it. makes you sit down at the yeah. table. Like, can I actually do this? Yeah. Um, well, and I actually, I had somebody that said they were going to lease a room from me mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well that brings the total down a little bit. So I crunched the numbers and I was like, okay, if I have this renter, then I'll be okay. And she had something happen in her life that she couldn't really control. So I can't even be mad about it, but she couldn't rent from me. Okay. So then I was in here all by myself, 1200 square feet, very big price tag. I was like, what am I going to do? This was not how I mapped this out. Yes. So, you know, you just, when it's your business and you're passionate about it, you do whatever you have to do to make it work. Mm-hmm. And there, there were a lot of late nights. There was a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm coming up on a year, so that's amazing. Um, and I finally have someone renting a room for me. So I was like, okay, phew, I can finally start to pay myself again. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, because most people, they think, oh, you have this beautiful spa. You must be rolling in it. And I'm like, yeah, You're no, like, no, I eat ramen noodles four days a week. I haven't paid myself in a year. Yep. And... Exactly. Yeah, it's not always glamorous when you start a business. Like, there's a lot of trials and tribulations. Yes. You don't make a lot of money when you no. first start for the first four to five years normally. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot going well, and on. That, and that was me. You know, I was like, I'm, I've just celebrated 15 years in business. So, I'm in my mind, I'm going, this shouldn't be because i've been in business for so long mm -hmm. but then you factor in the 2008 bubble and then uh covid mm -hmm. and especially for your type of business because right. people can't come in during covid no. and get all their stuff done yeah so. so thankfully we were only shut down for six months I know, or six weeks i know other places like california they were mm -hmm. six months or more yep. and i just would have probably cried <laughs> <laughs> so you know it, it I had to get over this mindset of this shouldn't be happening to me, but mm -hmm. I had to, I had to kind of behave it with a mentality of I have restarted my business. So mm -hmm. this is like year one yep. into a traditional business because mm -hmm. otherwise you get in your head and you're like, I shouldn't be here. This yep. shouldn't be the situation, but it is because it is like a new business. So I'm like, okay, now we're starting to gain some traction. Everything's starting to kind of finally come together. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, make this work. I think yeah. you're going to be successful. Yeah. But now you're so. a seasoned business owner. Like you said, you've been in business like 15 years doing your own thing. And so you're longer tenured than most people that I interview. So this is a great question. I think that you can really help some people. What, as a business owner for so long, what are like your top three tips for business owners when they're running their own shop, doing their own thing? If you had to give three recommendations, what would they be? Three. Okay. Um, find something you're passionate about mm -hmm. because that's what's going to carry you through the hard times because mm -hmm. there will be hard times mm -hmm. and um, you just have to be passionate enough about it to not give up on it okay. um, two I would probably say keep good records like accounting is not my forte mm -hmm. I thank god my mom She's an accountant by trade. Okay. She did taxes for the person that she worked for. She does my taxes. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I, you know, I hand her over the stuff because it's my mom. I'm like, here, here's my password. Just <laughs> look at, get what you need out of my Just take account. care of it, please. Yeah. So, you know, I would never do that to just some public accountant or something like that. Mm -hmm. I would never do that because that's all my information. Gotcha. Um, sorry, I'm getting a delivery. That's right. That, hey, we're in the middle of business. That's what happens. You know, and it just happens. This is a real life podcast. It we is. do this at you all know? the fly, so that's okay. <laughs> My little male person there. That's right. Um, so, um, yeah, accounting. It, it's it, it's not always someone's forte. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. You have to get systems in place and stick to it. Otherwise, when taxes come around. I know, uh, I know some people that, um, they, um, didn't pay taxes for a couple of years because it was so daunting to them. Oh my God. And then they had to go in and try to do a resolution mm -hmm. and try to make payments and all this other stuff. So stay on top of it as much as it sucks. It's not fun. I dread April every year. Well, usually I start in February. Mm -hmm. I do too. <laughs> January 31st, as soon as all the W2s come in. I wait until after Valentine's Day because I'm usually really busy with Valentine's Day, obviously yep. in my business. Everybody wants to look good. Absolutely. And be smooth and pretty. Uh, so, 
So I usually wait till after Valentine's Day because I just can't focus on it. I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm, I'm working like six to nine today. I, I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if Valentine's Day ends on a weekend. Oh my because, God. Yes. Then everybody's like, oh, I'm going out of town all weekend. I'm like, oh, okay. Let's get it all done. <laughs> and then the third one is um, get involved in your community. Join the chamber. Um, you have to be consistent in showing up. If you show up to a networking event one time and you're like, nobody talked to me. I didn't get anywhere with this. Mm -hmm. You have to be consistent. Yep. I can tell you, I have been to some events, some networking events that it took me about four or five times to show up where people are genuinely nice about mm -hmm. saying hi to me. It yep. wasn't just the obligatory, hi, how are you? What do you do? Yeah. It felt like an actual meeting a friend and mm -hmm. talking to them and being, Hey, what's going on? I saw that you went to Cabo. How was it? Yep. You know, it takes consistency in your networking efforts to really make those relationships and those connections. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just somebody saying, Hey, buy yep. my stuff. Absolutely. Nobody wants that. Yeah. I, I think it's also that. like people want to invest in people that are going to invest in themselves. Right. And if you just show up once or twice, they're like, right. I'm not going to take my time to invest right. in you if you're never, if you're not going to be here. Right. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's an excellent one. Number yeah. three is perfect. Yeah. Um, now, obviously as a business owner, like you said, long hours working, you know, sometimes 12, 15 hours days, we have to keep ourselves sane and we have to have hobbies. Um, so you listed traveling concerts, football, and hockey yes. are your main hobbies. Yes. Um, so being mostly from Texas, I'm assuming you're a Cowboys fan. Yes. Um, hockey, are you a Stars fan? Yes. Okay. What's your favorite concert you've ever been to? Oh, so it, it's weird to say this because of, well, it was the Miranda Lambert concert okay. right around Valentine's Day of 2020. Okay. Because it was the last concert before the world COVID. shut down, basically. Yes. yes. Okay. So even though there was like, uh, there was, you know, mean girls in the audience and the, <laughs> I, I was sitting in a place where it looked like a walkthrough, but it wasn't a walkthrough. There were stairs this way and stairs that way. And they just kept walking in front of me. And I was like, could you please stop? And so finally I had to pull the chain up and like block it off mm -hmm. because that people will do that. And they were getting mad. And I was like, Look, I paid to see the concert, not get up and let you walk in front of me every time, Absolutely. every 30 seconds, somebody else is coming by and they couldn't understand that. And they were drinking. So I was just like, you know, whatever, I'm here for the concert. So okay. I just stood up and enjoyed the concert. I was like, whatever. Uh, but it was, I had my, my friend from Houston drove up and we went to that concert and we just, we had a great time mm -hmm. and it was kind of one of the last concerts or events that I went to before the world changed mm -hmm. and so you know it we were a lot freer in our thoughts and you know mm -hmm. just i don't know it was different gotcha it was just different okay. so probably that one because it was the last last time before everything changed fantastic and now <laughs> an interesting fact you listed about yourself is you've ridden a bull yeah i'm assuming it's not a mechanical bull it's an actual bull well, i've done a mechanical well bull I, I mean most people yes. have done a mechanical bull. i mean most of us have been to billy bob's so <laughs> tell us about riding an actual bull so when i was in the military over in germany they had the european rodeo cowboy association and they had rodeo teams at each of the bases okay and I was all in for that. I, you know, I've been around uh, farm animals and, you know, just growing up, I had friends that had horses. Mm -hmm. I was all about it. 
So I decided I was going to do the barrel racing. I was my team's um, timed events coordinator. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, we had a bunch of, a couple of different bases had different teams and we all had competitions. And the Germans over there just loved it. And if you said you were from Texas, they immediately thought the show Dallas. Of course. And they thought you rode your horse everywhere. Okay. And like you would go, like you just rode your horse everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's all they knew was JRU Ewing okay. and, and Dallas. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's what they knew. So um, we had a rodeo uh, for the 4th of July weekend. Big production. And someone had told me that, you know, usually people like to go up a day or two early. Mm -hmm. Um so most people would get there on Friday, but there was stuff going on on Friday. So I got there on Thursday Okay, and it was this big thing, big thing. I mean, 4th of July is an American holiday, but for, for some reason, this was a huge rodeo event over there. They, they loved being a part of it. Like they were in a real life Dallas, you know, they were in an episode of Dallas. They were like, Oh, I love it. I saw the Cowboys. So, um, they had a big rodeo and they didn't have enough people to ride all the bulls to make the Friday rodeo look like it was more than just three people standing around. Okay. You know? And uh, they said, do you want to ride? And I had, we had bull riding competitions for the mechanical bull mm -hmm. where it would just be like a random setting. And then each round it would go up in, mm -hmm. in intensity. Okay. And however long you stayed on is, you know, what place you got. And I got third. My teammate got first. I was like, okay, we got two on the same team winning this thing here for the ladies. <laughs> they had a women's division and a men's division. Um, so I already knew the basics of how to ride a bull mm -hmm. from all my, my rodeo teammates. Yep. So I was like, okay, but only if I ride Sunny because Sunny was the tamest bull. And like you could get a really good score on them because okay. a timed events coordinator, I would help draw the names of who was riding what bull because okay. it's stock, yep. you know. So, um, I was like, only if I get to ride Sunny, and y'all better be like all out in fours. Mm -hmm. and I want all the clowns <laughs> right? out. I want all the clowns, <laughs> all the people. I so I, um, I was like, okay, I cannot believe I'm doing this. So I did it, and I think I lasted about two and a half seconds. Okay, hey, I mean that's two and a half seconds <laughs> well, longer than most was, people. It was a huge blur, and I remember my my friend, he like spit on the back of the bowl and he goes, just stare at that spot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I was just like, oh no, I can't believe I'm doing this. So they open up the chute and it's bouncing and, and, and I was like, okay, then I'm trying to remember the training and how to move your arms and how to hold. And it, I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then all I remember was being down in the dirt and I heard everybody go run, run, run. And I was like, Phew up so fast they were like you like barely touched the ground and you bounced back up and were climbing the rails and i was like i didn't want to get run over are you kidding me <laughs> okay this might be the best story that we've had on the podcast so far that's amazing okay now i don't think i would ever do it again even if i were younger i well if i were younger i might but definitely not now it just sounds crazy it i'm is, gonna ride a 1500 pound animal that's is. trying to throw me off like with horns that's just insane yeah it was crazy but oh. I, i'll tell you i have had more injuries getting thrown off of a regular horse than I did the bull. Okay. I can believe it. <laughs> All right. I had one of the barrel racing horses. I went and did my, my loops and everything. And I went back and it wasn't stopping. I was like pulling up on the reins and it wasn't stopping. And then it just turned really fast and stopped. And then I went flying into the, the, um, bucking horse 
pin. And oh I was God. just like, that one, I was up and out real quick. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this is not okay. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. And I had to get up and like hobble back and like cramps in my feet. And I was like, oh. So, yeah, I've had more injuries from an actual horse than the bull. Okay. There we go. So we're going to move on then. Okay. Um, we're going to do what we call the lightning round. This is my favorite where I'm just going to ask you some random questions okay. to finish up our time together. So the question we always ask everyone is a hot dog a sandwich. Oh, I don't know. Uh, okay. Everyone's gotten I'm it. I'm kind of indifferent. That, everyone's gotten it correct so far. The correct answer is no. Hot dog okay. is a hot dog. It's not a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned the TV show Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we are both of a approximately the same age and i remember my family watching dallas as a kid <laughs> jr or bobby bobby okay all the way okay i mean patrick <laughs> duffy was he was a handsome man in yes. the 80s yes, yes he was <laughs> um most watched tv show of all time was the one where he got shot so yeah. i mean that's a big one who shot bobby who shot bobby it was a, it was a thing for an entire yes. year okay as a cowboys fan tony romo or deck Mm. both beloved and hated Cowboys quarterbacks. So Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people want to talk smack about Romo, but if you look at his stats, mm-hmm. his stats are like, he was at one point, he was ranked number two in his stats. I mean, everybody was like giving him so much trash. Borderline Hall of Famer probably right? if you actually look at his stats. Right? And I'm sitting there going, he cannot throw the ball and go catch it. We're not winning. Because, not because of Romo, his stats are amazing. We're mm-hmm. losing because there's no O-line, there's no defense. Like, you have to have all these other things in place. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think Dak has a great team around him. His stats are kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some injuries, so it's kind of hard to know mm-hmm. what his real stats really are. And it's still kind of early. So, because of that, I would have to say Romo. Okay. All right. Um, you're on a deserted island for a year. Okay. You're only allowed to bring one item with you, and it can't be something someone's gonna say, I want to bring a survival kit. You can't bring that. One item for a year on a deserted island, what would you bring? Well, do I already have water? You already have the, the necessities. necessities. You have a shelter, you have water, you can find food. You can chuck your way around the island with crabs and coconuts and fish. Um sunscreen. <laughs> I do not want to get a sunscreen. Here we go. From the lady that deals with skin. You do not want to get fried and you're out there every day baking. Yeah, no. Okay. That's painful. All right. You ever have bad sunburn and then have to go out in the sun again? I've never sunburned once. I go out in the sun. I'm well, melanin. No, black doesn't crack, but black can burn. That's fair, but I've never had a sunburn before. I just get dark as dark can be. I have some friends that yeah. are very melanated. Yes. <laughs> and they have become very, very pink. <laughs> and they're like, what is this? I'm like, oh, honey, that's, 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 that's a sunburn. sunburn. Yeah. Come here. All right. Last question. What is one item left for you to do on your bucket list? Oh, I, I have a couple, but one of them is I want to go over towards the Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica. Okay. It's a blue zone, mm-hmm. and some people don't know what a blue zone is, but the people in those I areas, know all about this. A show on yes, Netflix about it right now yes. is so fascinating. I haven't watched it yet. Somebody said, oh, it's on there, and I was like, oh, because mm-hmm. I've been turned on to blue zones for about five years now. Okay. And I was like, wow. And there's one in Loma Linda, California, mm-hmm. 
It's not as big. It's a very, very small area. Okay. Um, there is a bigger one in Costa Rica that's probably the closest one to here. Mm -hmm. And so it started me looking into, well, you know, I'm kind of closer, more closer to retirement than not. So I was like, huh, there's people that retire there. What does that look like? I was like, if I'm going to go somewhere and let's, you know, if I'm going to go to a blue zone, Costa Rica is not a bad that's place. That's not a bad spot. You know? Yep. So... I would love to go to Costa Rica, uh, mostly on the Nicoya side because everything else is touristy and gotten really expensive. Mm -hmm. I, I want the blue zone. Okay. So that, that area in there, there's a lot of rainforest and jungle and perfect. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. bucket list item. Yeah. All right. So now people want to find you. You're all about town. I see you all, all over the place, <laughs> but if people want to look you up, how can they find you? They can find me online at www.bodyboutiquespa.com on Facebook and Instagram as Body Boutique Spa. And um, I feel like you got to do something with like the hoo-ha lady hot pink hair somewhere. So I'm trying to get the hashtag going of hoo-ha lady with the hot pink hair. Okay. It's H-O-O-H-A lady okay. with the hot pink hair. Okay. So I'm trying to get that one going. It's, you know, it takes a little bit. And if I'm the only one doing it, then it Well, when we post this, longer. I will make sure I put yes. that hashtag in there for you. So yes. we'll, we're going to try um, to make this a thing. I had somebody actually uh, stop at a light and they're like, roll your window down. And they're like, are you the hoo-ha lady with the hot pink hair? And I was like, yes. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> and okay. she's like, do you have a card? And I took one out and threw it in her window and it landed. I was like, hey. I there you go. That's a good sign right there. To it. Yeah. So I was like, yes, I am. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for joining me. This was a, a fun time. You have a lot of great stories. Um, and hopefully we'll have you on again at some other point. Yes, I would love that. All right, perfect. Well, thank you very much, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, join us next time for another great artist and another great collaborator. We'll talk to you guys soon.